You're listening to Michael Easley in Context. And now your host, Michael Easley. Dallas Jenkins is a writer, director, and producer of several award-winning faith-based films. His latest movie opens in theaters January 20th, entitled The Resurrection of Gavin Stone, which stars Brett Dalton and Angela Johnson. By the way, you might know Brett Dalton, appearing regularly in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Angela Johnson is a fabulous stand-up comic, who, by the way, my oldest girls absolutely love. Anyway, Dallas, thanks for joining us on the broadcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Well, hey, the entertainment industry is not an easy route. So, first of all, Dallas, how did you get into this whole idea of, I'm going to make films? What's your journey? What was the path? What led you to to try to break into this filmmaking, writing, directing, producing industry? Well, as you know, my father, Jerry Jenkins, uh, is an author and a storyteller, and so he, I think, is where I got my desire to tell stories from. But around the time that I first got into movies, probably eighth grade, ninth grade, I was sports obsessed. I mean, I was going to be a sports broadcaster. That was my big thing. I was into acting a little bit, but sports was my primary obsession. I saw a movie called One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which just came out in 1975, but I saw television. And I just thought, wow, if I could figure out how to arouse emotion in other people the way that this movie aroused emotion in me, that's something I'd love to do. And so that's when I think the direction towards movies really hit me. And then getting into college, you know, I was in theater, but I was also kind of doing a lot of videos on the side. And then when I got out of college, the Left Behind books had just really started to take off. And there was a production company in Louisville that wanted to make them into movies. And so I connected with them and started just as a low-level secretary. I was just making runs and doing whatever they wanted. And while I was doing that, I was just very hungry for knowledge. And I was watching movies and reading magazines and reading books and just completely, you know, obsessing about learning more about the business and about movies. And so by the time that the Left Behind movie was about to be made, my dad and I were able to start our own thing. So I got into it in 2000. Interesting. You mentioned uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I remember I was in college when that came out, and a bunch of us went to see it, and I walked out of that theater like someone had hit me in the stomach for like three days. Right. Right. It was extraordinary. So that's interesting that that was a catalyst for you. Yeah, I think it's just a movie that is just so emotionally intense, and I think those of us for whom emotions are the first way to get into something. And then the intellect comes partnered with that, but that's a movie that's just an emotional gut punch. Let's talk about faith-based films and let's be candid. They don't do real well. (laughs) I mean, from the beginning of faith-based movies, it's like, really, is this the best we can put out there? So you're in that industry. How do you dial that combination? Well, that's the thing. From the time that I was interested in movies, of course, being as a Christian and growing up in that, I, of course, wanted to see stories that I could relate to and that were about me as well. And I couldn't find any. Um, And when I did, like you said, any time that you see a faith-based movie, or at least most of the time, um, the quality level is pretty low. Everything seems pretty easy and obvious. I think part of the reason is that everything needs to be clean. They feel like if movies anything above PG or G, then that's a problem, that they need to be sanitized, safe, family safe. So 
So I think that that also limits you and what stories you're able to tell. I don't think that that applies to the Bible, of course. The Bible, if it was made into a movie, would be rated R. But leaving that aside, I always struggled with the notion that, look, the most important message in the world deserves the most influential medium in the world. And if we're going to use that medium for sharing our stories, I think we should apply the same principles of storytelling that the great storytellers use. So I started making movies back in 2000, and about 2006 or seven, I made a movie called Midnight Clear. And a filmmaking mentor of mine named Scott Derrickson, who's a very successful filmmaker, he just directed Doctor Strange, he basically told me I just wasn't very good. And I actually... <laughs> Yeah, he just said... That's encouraging, The good news was I listened to him, and I just thought, I really need to, if I want to be good at this, I need to listen to the people who are good. So I just dedicated a couple years to just making myself a better visual storyteller. And I've still got a ways to go, but I feel like each movie that I've made since then has been a significant improvement over the last one. The current movie that I just made, The Resurrection of Gavin Stone, the interesting thing about this has been that in test screenings, which are kind of the the best way to find out where you're at because the people are anonymous. They fill out these surveys anonymously. They don't know who you are. They have no motivation to be nice to you or to say anything positive. But the outsiders have been as enthusiastic about the film as the church builders. It was the highest rated film that our producers from Hollywood had gotten in years in terms of how it tested but I think outsiders really appreciated the fact the main character is an outsider, which we'll get into the story later. But the, the point is, I feel like I was able to make a movie that maybe some Christians, when they watch it, think to themselves, oh, you know, this might be only for Christians because it's a movie that's set in a church. But non-Christians have appreciated watching it as well and seeing a world that maybe that they're not used to. So, again, I've got a ways to go, but I think slowly but surely we're getting to a place where the movies stand on their own and not just as Christian so let's let's think about the resurrection of Gavin Stone. Um, did you hunt down a screenplay? Did you write this? Tell us about the process. Yeah, I came to Harvest uh, Bible Chapel in Chicago in 2010. So that's the funny thing about all this is that I was living in Los Angeles for 10 years, making movies. Everything was going fine. I had grown up in the Chicago area, but I moved to Los Angeles because I didn't believe that the church in the Midwest, the Christian community, was really interested in making movies. Hollywood was typically a place where you boycott, not get involved in. Um, that was slowly starting to change. But when I was in Los Angeles in 2010, Pastor James McDonald at Harvest calls me and says, we, we want to make movies through our church. We've got some resources to do that. So at first I laughed, but then I, I realized my love for the church had never changed. I'd always wanted to partner Hollywood-level you know, storytelling with the church to try to impact the world through that means, but I just didn't think it was possible. So eventually I decided to move back to Chicago, working with Harvest Bible Chapel. While we were trying to develop projects, I ended up doing a short film called The Ride. The Ride got the attention through a lot of weird ways of a huge production company in Hollywood called Blumhouse. And they're one of the more prominent production companies out there. And they saw the short film and loved it. And they were also starting to get intrigued by the notion of faith-based films. So they partnered with our church. We told them, look, we're happy to work with you guys. You guys have a lot of experience. I came across a script that was called The Resurrection of Gavin Stone, and I just loved the storyline. I loved the notion of this church putting on this big Easter production and an outsider coming in, pretending to be a Christian so that he can play the part of Jesus. 
and them not knowing at first, you know, what he's doing. And I just thought that was ripe for humor, but also for some pathos in terms of this guy being able to experience church through an outsider's perspective. So to answer your question, which was, how did I find the script? That's how I found it. But then I came in and then did a rewrite. I think a director always needs to come in and make it their own. That happened over the last couple of years, and then we were able to shoot it last year. So you've given us a little tease. Of course, if we were on television, we could show the audience a clip. So give us the the Dallas Jenkins audio version of the promo clip. (laughs) Right. Gavin Stone is a former child star. Now he's kind of a celebrity wannabe in his early 30s, struggling, dealing with the fact that he used to be a big star. Now he's not. He's still got the money from that. But the money's starting to wane. He's been in and out of rehab a little bit. He's struggling with some of the similar things that a lot of child stars do when they get older and they realize the world doesn't revolve around them. He gets in some trouble when he's visiting his hometown and forced to do 200 hours of community service at a local megachurch. When he gets there and he's assigned to cleaning bathrooms, he sees that they're putting on this big Easter production. He says, oh, I could work off my hours by acting. And they tell him people involved in this ministry need to have a testimony. He says, oh, yeah, no, I'm a Christian. And essentially looking online at what Christian testimonies sound like, comes up with one. The pastor can kind of tell something's going on, but he realizes that this guy has a better chance of being impacted by doing this and by cleaning bathrooms. And so he sees it as an opportunity to reach out to this guy. But humor comes from Gavin learning how to speak Christianese, learning how to fit into the church world. But in the process of playing Jesus in this play, he is forced to learn more about Christ. And ultimately, it has a huge impact on his life as well. What was it like working with Brett Dalton and Angela Johnson? Yeah, so Brett Dalton from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he actually is also a church outsider himself. So his story is similar to, he just loved the script. And that's what's kind of cool about the story is that even non-Christians have appreciated it, and non-Christians even wanted to get involved in the script because of the storyline. Angela Johnson's a very well-known stand-up comic. She's a believer. Just hilarious. And, and I've always loved working with stand-up comics uh, whenever possible. Those two as the leads were great. The movie, again, has a lot of heart, and the humor is what makes it a little unique for faith-based movies. I think faith-based movies tend to be very earnest, for better or worse. I was really interested in doing something maybe a little different. And so some of the laughs we've been getting, especially when you watch it with the crowd, has been a lot of fun. And I think a lot of that came from working with actors who are skilled in comedy. If you could change some things about the faith-based film industry, what would you do? I think that we have gotten to a place where Hollywood is more open than ever to faith-based stories because some of them have been making money. The problem is, is that if they've reached out looking to make more faith-based movies, we just don't have the numbers of filmmakers who, uh, including myself, and I feel like I'm getting better, but I, I wasn't ready 10 years ago when the industry started to change, the number of filmmakers who are just ready to make high-quality movies. I'm hopeful that uh, parents can continue to encourage their kids in these types of endeavors, that the church can start to re- look at it as a valid ministry opportunity, so we just have better filmmakers out there. So that's number one. Number two is just in the marketing, we have in some ways created what is sometimes referred to as a Christian ghetto, which is if a movie is faith-based at all, it gets labeled as a Christian movie that's only for Christians. And so eventually you've got regular movies and then quote-unquote Christian movies and never the twain shall meet. And I'm hopeful that over the long haul, that perhaps there's not really a Christian movie industry, that it becomes more like it's just a regular movie industry, and there's movies that have a strong faith component and those that don't, but they're both good enough that they can just compete in the marketplace of ideas and in the pop culture conversation. 
You know, interesting in the Nashville area where we live, the music industry, of course, is not too dissimilar. You've got men and women who are producing Christian music, and frankly, those audiences, beyond a worship service experience, tend to pale. Now, you've got some successes. You've got some radio stations and some of the satellite that are doing better, but it's sort of the secret handshake. Hey, I'd rather go see Hacksaw Ridge. I'd rather go listen to the latest, you know, 1975, whatever, as opposed to, quote, a faith-based film or even Christian-oriented music. Right. And, and that's the thing is you've got a segment that will only watch Christian movies. You mentioned it in music, the worship segment. In film, there's the war room, God's Not Dead crowd who only see Christian movies, and they won't go to anything else. And that has become almost the crutch for a lot of Christian filmmaking companies. Is well, let's just keep making movies just for that audience. That's what creates what you're talking about. One of the goals of In Context is when we interview guests, uh, it's how do you live the life of Christ in the context where he has placed you? So as you think about that in making films, you've alluded to some of it with some of your actors, but anything else you'd add to that, Dallas, about as a believer in a filmmaking industry trying to, uh, let's just say it this way, maybe not the best way, cross lines of not Christian or non-Christian, but just make a, a good product that's a good story, that's got redemption in it, that's got value, that's got good discussion openers in it. How do you inject Dallas Jenkins, who loves Christ and wants to serve and follow him, into that world? It's twofold. One is the making of the movie for the audience. I want my films to arouse conversation. But I'm hoping the church can see themselves on screen at times and realize that we have some of our own flaws and that non-church people can also have good qualities and that it's not just always so black and white. They can find a commonality in Christ. Secondly is the people that I work with. When I have an opportunity, some people ask me, do you only work with Christians on your faith-based movies? I sometimes embrace the notion of working with non-Christians because for me, it's an opportunity to impact them in an industry where they never meet Christians. I mean, Hollywood is extraordinarily, overwhelmingly one direction politically and spiritually. So I feel like if I can have an opportunity to work with a non-Christian actor or crew member, that's an opportunity to be salt and light in an area where they just don't ever experience it. And so working on this movie for lots of people was the only chance that they ever have to experience any kind of connection to Christ. And so I take that very seriously when we're shooting and when we're when we're on the set is I just want to love on these people. I just want to love them and, and tell the truth and make sure that the check's clear on time and, and all these things that maybe they don't always experience, but that when they come into our church or when they come onto my set, it's not a place of judgment. It's not a place of, it's a place where they're welcomed without judgment and they're loved without condition. My life and my movie sets reflect the messages of my movies. We've been chatting with Dallas Jenkins. His new film, The Resurrection of Gavin Stone, opens in theaters January 20th. Well, thanks for your time, and we hope it does really well. Great. Thanks again for having me on. Thanks, Dallas. If you listen to our podcast on iTunes, would you take a minute to rate and review our show? We love reading your feedback, and this helps the show become more discoverable for other listeners. Thanks again for listening.